All right, brothers, brothers, let's think about this for a minute. Um, oftentimes in my podcast or after the podcast, sometimes I get them inside text messages and uh, sometimes I get emails. And there are some people out there that have a different view and different expectation of what Christianity is what it's not, who it should be for, who it shouldn't be for, um, the whole gamut of conversation. So these things lead me to thinking, hmm, what really is a Christian then? There's so many different thoughts and ideals out there. So I thought I would put together or talk to the people because I don't know, I don't have all the answers. But what I do have is the opportunity to ask these questions to people like yourself. So we're going to start off with a very simple question. And I just want each one of you to give me your thoughts. What makes you a Christian? Don't everybody talk at once? Yeah, I, I think you're all thinking, you see. But but now that you thought about it, there, there's a reason why you became Christian. What reason was that? I'll go ahead and be the new guy and just die first. Um, the answer to your first question, what makes you a Christian? Uh, to me, I think the answer is, is uh, a person who believes in the life teaching death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and who makes a commitment to pattern their own lives after those four things. That's it. Okay. What you got for us, Josh? What what makes you a Christian? Well, to be honest, I have to piggyback off of uh, what uh, uh, Micah said there. And um, I, I completely agree with that 120%, you know, but just to elaborate just a little bit is the fact that, you know, uh, being a Christian, you don't have to be perfect, you know, but you, you're striving to to be more God-like. So, you know, it, you know, I'm not perfect by far, but I'm always willing to accept where I have my shortcomings or where I make mistakes and try to work to do better and be better, not just say that I want to do better, but actually work towards being better and doing better. Okay. What you think, Chris? Yes, I definitely agree with the uh, whole like you don't have to be perfect part. Um, I think as long as you uh, understand the the meaning being Christian, uh, like having faith, um, working towards working towards like personal goals, um, and like as long as you see a journey like to walk with Jesus. Um, I know everybody has like, their different views, but like I personally, just personally, as long as like there's a journey and you lay you lay it out on the map and you just walk with Jesus. Um, of course, there's like different ways for that, but that's just my view on that. Um, but yes, uh, not everybody's going to be perfect. Well, Isaiah, I know you're not perfect, so. <laughs> so <laughs> So tell me, what, what makes you Christian? 
Okay. All right. So now I, I get. So see, this is what I said about the game. We all start out with, you know, everybody's got zero, but we're going to get to 21. And then that's when y'all going to start acting up. So I get it. So I, I want I wanted to start something a little bit different now. Okay. Because those are all good. Those are all nice. But that's not what I hear. All right. That's not what I hear by the majority of our young adults. So I'm going to ask you another question that makes that a little bit harder. And I don't want you to think so much about it because you don't have to be so perfect and so correct. Just tell me how you feel about it. See, because Christianity, the tenets and the ideal behind Christianity is found in other religions as well. So why did you choose Christianity versus any other religion? Is that because that's the only one you was introduced to? So, so can you give give me an example? Like, it don't have to be a major thing, but give me an example that kind of flipped that switch for you that happened. Okay, um, well, one of the biggest ones was uh, what well, happened to definitely be the death of my my grandmother. You know, I, I think that was probably the closest person that I was, the person I was closest to in the world. You know, and just uh, I can't even now I still can't believe, or I wouldn't even want to believe the fact that I would never be able to, you know, be reunited with my grandmother or the fact that uh, the things that she taught me that that helped instill certain things in my life, it came from, you know, this religion and, you know, it, it, it just seemed to work for me. So that's one thing that drew me to it and made me want to dig deep for me because I'm like, okay, well, everybody's telling me that, hey, this is what's going to happen. You know, she's not gone forever. This is what's going to take place and so on and so forth. And I was like, well, I hear you saying this, but I need to know for myself. So it made me want to find out more. And I dug deeper in and did my own research until I was like, okay, so I have to do, I need to start to change, you know. And it wasn't easy. I would say that it definitely wasn't easy, but um, that was the biggest thing that, that influenced me. Okay. What you got for me, Micah? What you think? Um, so, uh, similar to Josh, Christianity was, uh, the first religion that I was introduced to. Uh, I'm, my father is, uh, is the assistant pastor of a church okay. up here in DC. Um, however, um, my father is also, um, very similar to myself, a person who has been exposed to a lot of other religions as well. Uh, for a brief period of time, he actually held the position of director of religious affairs uh, for the mayor up here. 
while I was, I want to say I was maybe between the ages of 10 and 14 during that time. So it's really, really formative years there. And uh, while he was doing that, uh, we used to have to go, my sister and I, we used to have to go to mosques all the time, to Buddhist services, to uh, Jewish services, and, you know, just really all kinds of different things. And I, so I learned a lot about other religions, uh, world religions, um, ancient religions, things that, that certain, like very few people even practice anymore. And I can honestly say um, that even though it was given to me early, uh, similar to Josh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't think I really chose it until college. Um, it was given to me and it was around me all the time, but I, I really chose it myself. Um, probably some, sometime around my freshman year of college and, and, to just not overcomplicate it, really what happened, man, is I got in a space when I prayed without necessarily trying to pick who I was praying to. Um, and and God showed up for me and, and always has ever since. Um, and, and God has been, God through my faith of Christianity has been um, insanely present in my life, you know, since since the moment I decided to actually open my eyes and become aware of his presence. Um, so really, you know, I, I chose it because for me, it's been real. You know what I'm saying? And I totally understand some people who are kind of like, yeah, you're just being deep. <laughs> but I'm like, I, it's really no other way for me to say it because that's really the truth is I got I got forced into some some internal spaces where I had to reach out for something. Um, and what I reached out for proved to be real to me. So I always tell people, you know, when I do find myself speaking to people that aren't Christians that, you know, might want to know more about my walk or whatever, I just tell them straight up, honestly, if you trust me at all, trust me enough to say, to know that I'm not just going straight lie to you, that God met me where I was. Um, and that's just, yeah, that's what they want to do. How do how do you respond to the individuals that are, uh, for the lack of a better term, antichrist? Not necessarily, you know, the devil. They're just anti-religion, anti-spirituality, antichrist. What do you say to them when you have conversations with them? Um. Well, for one, I usually ask them why. Now, do you do this to a lot of people or just some or or it doesn't really happen much for you? I, so so what's crazy is I don't bring up. So um, I mentioned to you guys earlier offline, but I haven't said it yet on the podcast that I'm a full time musician. Um, have been probably since I got out of college in 2010, um, but I'm not a full time church musician. Uh, my job is music director with National Baptist Memorial Church is probably the the most, uh, the extent of my work within gospel music and Christian music. So I don't necessarily bring these conversations up, um, but you know, a lot of the folks that I work with outside of the church, knowing that I am a person and my faith is a big part of my life, a lot of them will ask me stuff, you know what I'm saying, and start these conversations. Uh, and and will, you know, sometimes their arguments admitted uh, but sometimes they're just casual conversations because we on a six hour drive from from LA to Sacramento. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, and when when it comes up, usually I just I just ask them why, uh, and more often than not, the answer to their lack of belief or their sort of anti-position is some sort of skepticism, some sort of hurt, some sort of I grew up in the church and you know that church hurt. Those people get on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they or or they begin to analyze and assess the lives of Christians and sort of make that their assessment of Christianity. And it seems like they have a hard time separating the practice from the person. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's probably, you know, maybe five or six more really common answers that I get. But usually my first question is just to, to, similar to what we're doing here, have an open dialogue about why or why not, right? So, so Christian, how does that work for you? Have you had very many people that are kind of like non-believers? And do you speak to them in like an evangelistic way? Or do they come to you and ask you questions because they feel like you are in the know? How does that work for you? Right. So actually, I, I do have a, a friend who um, he, he's not religious. I, I actually believe he, he used to be a Christian and he kind of just, I guess, stopped. And, um, you know, obviously I'm not going to like uh, be against that person. I'm not going to be against anybody uh, regardless of their religion, uh, regardless of, you know, because I feel like uh, behind it is because, um, like, you know, we all have, like, like I said earlier, a journey. And not everybody's journey is just going to be, like, you know, straight up, like, uh, all nice and, you know, straight ahead. You know, there's going to be a lot of obstacles for people. And unfortunately, you know, some people are going to just experience those obstacles. And that's what happened to uh, my friend. And, you know, I asked him, um, you know, why, you know, just why. Out of curiosity, you know, I'm not attacking i'm not doing any of that um like i said i don't believe in that um but but yeah really um the way i handle it is like you know i'm just i just out of curiosity maybe try and understand their story um because we all have i have a story and um yeah just I, I i instead of like forcing on on people just understand people's story basically that's my way of um just treating it i guess thank you Hey, Josh, you want to speak on that or or no? Yeah, I add a little bit to it. You know, um, over my uh, many travels, you know, around the world, I, I ran into people of all different religions. And even when I was in the military, I ran across a few people that were even a few atheists. And I found that a lot of them, you know, well, I'm not going to say their name, but a few of them, Definitely, they they were Christians, but at some point during their their journey, they um they either prayed for something or, or prayed about something, and the change that they were looking for, or they wanted, it didn't happen. Whether it was right then or or whatever, you know, and, and that bothered them to the point where it kind of pushed them away from it. And um, I guess the simplest way what I try to express to them is, you know. Did they ever consider that it wasn't God's will for it to happen the way that they wanted it to? You know, and that was something that I dealt with for years, which pushed me away for a long time. Because I was like, hey, why would he take my grandmother? He could have took me and I would have been happy, but left her, you know, but it wasn't God's will. And that's something that I fought with for a long time. So I think that's what 
a lot of people that aren't Christians or other than the other known fact that they say, hey, well, you know, Christians are some of the most messiest people. They like to talk and blah, 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 blah. But let's be honest. It don't matter if you're Muslim, Jewish, Hebrew. It don't matter. None of that matters because people like drama and people like to talk. It don't matter if it's at school, at a bank, wherever you are. You're going to run into it all over the world. So at some point, you have to man up or woman up and be like, hey, I don't care what you say about me. I still know what I have to do. I feel you. Um, Zay, I want to ask you a different question, and, and maybe you can bite off a little of this and chew on it and give us something to chew on, too. Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about the tenets and what other religions have that are something similar to Christ, but we all decided to choose Christ for uh, either some of the similar reasons, some of the same kinds of reasons, or we chose it because he proved himself real to us. And when Micah mentioned that, that kind of set this bomb off in my head because at one point in time in my life, um, that was the question that I asked. I said, show me who you are. I, I need to know. Um, is this a real thing? Because all this talk about, you know, Jesus does this or Holy Spirit does that. And I wasn't, I wasn't really catching all of that. So I just said to him, you need to show me that you're real. And it, he showed me. So I was convinced at that point. So all the other stuff came a little later. Now, I don't know if that's the meaning. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to give you a a uh, a term that may not be the term that you use, but that saved me. You feel me? That that made me uh, adhere to whom who was talking to me, and and he became real to me. So, how does believing in Christ, or how did believing in Christ save you? Zay, how how did it happen? How did it save you? How did it save you? Now, Rev, you got me asking questions that I haven't ever asked myself before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, there, there was a point in my life where number one, it came, it came through signs. Um, it, it came through signs uh, for me, like, uh, you know, growing up, you know, I, I, I was practically born in the church, practically, but I wasn't raised on the church. Um, we kind of, you know, left the church, you know, we kind of did our own thing. And then one day my mama said, you got to find God for yourself. And that was the day, that was the moment where, like, okay, that means I ain't got to go to church. I'm going to just sit at home and feel right. <laughs> I think what saved me was being able to know 
great aunt's house, right? And my mama had, you know, she fell down the steps, but she didn't go to work. So my aunt drove us to school, and she dropped me off at school. But before she dropped me off, she asked me a question. She said, Isaiah, are you safe? And I didn't, I didn't answer her correctly because I didn't know. You know, I just said, you know, I know of God, but I can't say I'm safe. And, you know, she went on and talked about how, you know, Jesus had brought her out and how she, uh, she believed that God had called me to do what, you know, I'm saying. <laughs> Um, and bless so, you. Uh, bless you. My God, we <laughs> got me started a little bit. Uh, so uh, she asked me, uh, she asked me, you know, if I was saved or not, and I said no, ma'am. And so that kind of stuck with me. How about after she asked me that question, uh, I, the Lord told me to you know, go to you know learn the gospel song on the keyboard, right? That's how I really got into introduced to it was worship. There was a moment in my life where, like, worship was just the was just the was the um, was the critical point of me turning to God. Uh, that's why I believe worship is so uh, important in you know just in a regular church service and even just everyday life. Um, so uh, I, I I guess the question I think I went over the question a little bit, but uh, to answer your question, I think. If anybody doesn't know God, I think you just have to ask Him. You really have to ask Him um, to show Himself, and He will show. He will really show up. He will show up. Um, no doubt about it. Okay, I, I I feel you on that, and and I think we're all in akin to that. Well, let me ask you another question, uh, Micah. I'm gonna hit you with this one because I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, because of where you are and what you do. And I know it has happened. How did you handle church hurt? How did you handle your church hurt? I know you got it. Now, you don't have to add no names, but how did you handle your church hurt? So, what's really funny, and I, I, <laughs> I'm, hopefully I still have a good answer to the <laughs> I never had any. Really? Uh, no, no. And but here's why, though, and 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 the reason why I think still filters into a solid answer to your question. Um, my father is probably one of the more unique preachers I know. Um, he is he's a preacher who, up until he was about eighteen, nineteen, was the furthest thing from a preacher. We don't have to go into the details of whatever that means, <laughs> but that's not who he was. Gotcha. And um, through his process of, of finding God and becoming a preacher, he still maintained a lot of the rest of his kind of uh, broader, not sort of overly church-focused personality. Swag. You know, we can, <laughs> sure, we can, we can, we can call it that, you know. What I, I tell people all the time, you know, it's, which is funny because I'm a music director now, but growing up, uh, even with my father being an assistant pastor, we didn't really listen that much gospel music in the house. Um, it just wasn't really his thing. And so I'm saying all that to say that for a long time, even though I was going to church every Sunday, going to choir rehearsal twice on Saturday and sitting in the back for Bible study on Monday nights <laughs> and all this other kind of stuff, um, if I'm being really honest and genuine, I was not absorbing most of it. Mm. I was I was absorbing the information, 
but it didn't really mean a whole lot to me. Okay. So there wasn't the the people in the spaces where where I went to church didn't hold enough weight in my emotions to hurt me. Uh-huh. I'm sure they probably still did the things. Some of the some of the drama and all that kind of stuff still went on. Um, but I can honestly say that that they they the way the way he kind of ran our lives like we still had really kind of regular lives for for pastors kids like we weren't kind of church obsessed so it wasn't you know deacon is whoever or deacon so and so or trustee this person or that person didn't mean so much to me that they were even close enough really to to hurt me um, the closest thing I could probably say to it is as an adult. Um, there was a point when, again, no names here, and this podcast is mostly in Atlanta anyway, so these people in D.C. right <laughs> so hopefully they won't. But there was a time when I, I got a job at a church at one point and was promised some things as part of my agreement to take the job in the first place and um, was basically just straight up lied to um, when I when I came asking for the things that, that were agreed to be given to me. And uh, I was I was lied to, and I was threatened um, behind that. Uh, but at the time, fortunately for me, by then I, I already kind of had my own relationship with God, so I I was really uh, I just I, I to be honest I quit. <laughs> I just I just I just left, and um, and I went back actually to National Baptist Memorial Church, you know. Uh, where Casey Jones was the pastor at the time um, because there is similar to how I found God in the first place to bring it full circle. I went back to where I felt God to be real. Anytime in my life when I had faced something that challenged the reality of God, because that does happen, be it church hurt or something else. Amen. Anytime I've found myself in a place where God's reality has been challenged in my life, um, I've, I've turned back to wherever the last place I remember for sure that God was real. Kind of like, like losing your phone. Like you, you retrace your steps. You say, well, when did I know I last had it? You know, <laughs> and you, and you go back to that spot and more often than not, that's usually where it is. How did you handle your our church, church hurt, uh, Christian, or did you, did you have any, I'm being a little presumptuous, I guess, but have, if you had, if not church hurt, Church challenge. How did you handle it? Okay. So, at first when I thought about it, I thought to myself, no, I didn't experience that. But now that I'm thinking about it, uh, I I would say more church challenge, not church hurt. Uh, But it didn't come from, um, well, it wasn't recent. Uh, Actually, so, okay, I'll explain my background. So, um, my background in... uh, just being a Christian, um, it was introduced to me by my parents, right? And um, we would go to a, a Spanish-speaking uh, uh, church. And uh, when I, this was like way when I was younger, and um, I couldn't really understand what was being said. Now that I'm more grown, like I can understand like Spanish. Um, but anyway, the church challenge that, that I'm trying to explain is that I didn't really like understand what was really going on, and so. Basically, when I was, like, uh, growing up, you know, I would tell people, if people would ask me, like, are you, like, religious, are you Christian? I would I would say yes, because, like, you know, back then I went to church, 
but the challenge was I didn't really like like I said I didn't really understand so it's like I'm saying yes I am except you know I, I didn't really understand it um which is why I'm now thankful for like you know remnant because I can finally understand so I'll kind of say that like remnant is my like legitimate first experience with it so I guess I guess that's kind of like the solution so that's that's kind of how we solved it once again um thanks to Isaiah and, and remnant in general for like um bringing me to this experience so uh, that's that's my church challenge I guess Josh, you got a church challenge or a church hurt, and can you help us identify how to deal with it? Um, I, I don't necessarily think that I have a church hurt, or you know, there's always going to be challenges. Anything you're doing, but I guess I'm a little, as my wife like to say, I'm a little uh, self-centered, so. Uh, it and it, it really don't matter the environment that I am that I'm in. I can be sitting beside you and you can be talking about me and it won't phase me, you know. <laughs> so things like that really never bothered me. What bothers me more than is I see you doing someone that can't take it or can't defend themselves. That bothers me. Um I personally I was too young to remember the church hurt. But there are some questions that I would like to ask his pastor. But, um, you know, I'm not going to say any names or anything. But uh, when I was a baby, I think I was just first born. You know, I was born. My mother wasn't married, so I was born out of wedlock. And um, the pastor kicked my mother out of the church because she uh, had me. So, you know, if that, that would probably be the closest thing, you know. So I would like to know why. Hmm. But Did your mother have a position in the church? No, she didn't. She was just a, a, a regular member. She sang in the choir. Uh, that was it. So he kicked the regular member out. Just okay. But that wasn't the only member that he done that to, you know. So I I don't know if it was because of a, a tradition. Maybe I could guess. Maybe some type of tradition that they had or something, you know. But uh, you know. I think that would probably be the, one of the closest things that I would want to ask. But okay, all right. Well, hey, um, look. So, okay, let's let's try to tie some of these things together now. Okay, right now we've got this introduction of this idea that um, Christianity uh, may uh, be similar to other religions. In terms of its tenets, having faith, um, and and mostly I hear the connection between that and the Muslim faith, um, Hinduism, you know, uh, the meditative part of that. Um, so there's there seems to be a connection as if though God is big enough to encompass all of, if not most of these religious, and maybe they just have a part of God. Uh, when I was in Liberia on a mission trip, I spoke to uh, one of the uh, pastors that were there in Liberia. And uh, he explained to me in this way by giving me this analogy. He said, you know, God could be like a, a huge elephant. And 
people around God have on masks and they can't see. And each, each person is touching a particular part of the elephant. And then someone comes by and asks that individual, well, what do you think this feels like? What is this? And as one feels the foot, he says, well, it's a very big foot. It's got something hard, but then it's something soft and wrinkly. And another person is touching the, the nose or the trunk of the elephant. And he says, well, you know, it's very long and it has holes at the end of it. And so the description of the other one is, you know, I feel the ear and they didn't know it was an ear. But they said, you know, it's very flexible and bendable. So it's as if, though, depending on what part of God touch you're touching and what part of God is touching you, you come up with this understanding of who God is to you and what makes God real to you. And so with these thoughts and these understandings, they bring challenges all the time. Just like you just said, uh, Brother Micah, there's always going to be challenges. And just like Brother Josh said, there's always going to be challenges, if not crises, and in some degree, there is just a strict church hurt that pushes everybody or pushes an individual away from Christ or away from God. And these individuals then tend to have conversations with us. And we are pretty well steeped in what we believe God to be to us. So the question now that I'm asking is, how did you get to that point? And how can you get someone else to the same point that you are? Do you just leave them alone? Or do you just kind of give them what you was given and then walk away? Do you plant, water, nourish, pick away the weeds and follow through? How do you become a Christian? Yeah, help me understand that. <laughs> I wasn't really given any resource. It was you go to Sweet was, Green. Wait, <laughs> 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 you go to Sweet. Is that where you are? Look like. No, I meant uh, oh, food terminal. No. <laughs> no. Never mind. <laughs> See, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm a, I'm a Georgia boy. We got Coca-Cola Quick Trip Radio. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, nah, it's, a, it's a little restaurant up here that has that same. It looks just like that. Got that little wood. Oh, oh. oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. For all those folks be looking to become Christian, that's, that's <laughs> Come on now. And if you don't want it personally, you can act and pretend and all this, but eventually it's going to show, you know, it's something that you really have to want. And uh, once you realize that you want it, then you will take the time to do the research, 
to read, you know, to ask these questions and, and, and actually dig deeper into it. You got to find God for yourself, you know. Um, you know, you got to know for yourself because if you depend on everybody's opinions, everybody's uh, thoughts and everything, you won't have your own personal search to it. It'll be somebody else's uh, thought. It'll be somebody else's, um, you know, problem or things like that. Um, you know, Christianity is a relationship. You know, if you're if you're uh, observing somebody else's walk and you're trying to implement, you know, mimic their walk, then uh, it's not your walk. You're not walking. You're just watching them walk. So um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm, I guess we, me and Josh say the same. You know, kind of on the same page uh, with that. Got to know for yourself. Yeah, and and to actually add on that, um, I feel like it kind of connects to like the challenges part. Like some people are, uh, like some people are gonna want it, and so there's those are gonna be the people who are gonna get the challenges. Um, but those people who don't really want it, they're gonna be brought down by those challenges, and they're really never gonna see the light, which is unfortunate. Um, so that that's just what I wanted to add. So okay, now we didn't we didn't. Oh, we gotta move on. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely. You know, piggybacking on on what all the other guys said. Uh, but to add one element to it, I think uh one of the things that's really important to do is to find the the relevance of God in your real life. Um, I think sometimes even for Christians, folks that that say, you know, we know God, we pray all the time, whatever. We have God in a very lofty, almost fantastical space. Um, you know, we obsess over heaven and the rewards of the good lives that we live here. That's where I'm being going. In the, in the hereafter. Um, but there, and, and so even to those who believe, if that's really all you let God be, then quite frankly, God is useless in and people who decide to be logical about it are kind of like, I don't need to be Christian. It's not, you know, I'm not even sure if that whole heaven thing is real. So I don't need to bother living for something that may or may not happen. But I think when when you can start to see um, the the real relevance of God in your life and how some of the things, for example, some of the restrictive things in the Bible that that some people don't like to to read. Some of the things in the Bible that say, hey, you probably shouldn't do this. You probably shouldn't do that. You know, people are like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to be free. I want to do my thing. I want to live however I see fit. The reality is some of those things are in place because they actually lead you to a better and more beneficial life right here and now. Not just about whether or not you might go to heaven, but because they actually feed into the quality of your life. And I, and I think... If we can, if people can start to kind of demystify God and, and see God as something that, that really exists and is beneficial, you know, on Tuesday at 7.31 p.m., you know, it, it, it can be a big difference and, and the hurt won't matter and all that other kind of, you know, like money, for example. If I told you, Pastor, that I was going to give you a million dollars, right? And I told you, but I told you I'm going to give it to you in a month. Well, they going to be in small bills? It can be in whatever. <laughs> it ain't got to be in no business. We go, we go, I'm giving you a million dollars tax-free, direct deposit. Cash I at told me. You, but, I, but I tell you, between now and then, because I haven't given it to you yet, some people are going to call you poor. Mm -hmm. 
Some people are going to tell you that I've lied to you because you don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. A couple people might beat you up along the way. A couple people might tell you you don't deserve it. And you're going to go through this and you're going to go through that. But the reality is you will have no problem holding your head up high and keeping that million dollars as your goal because your human self can see the reality and the relevance of the benefit of that million dollars when you can get to it. So now all of a sudden that hurt and those challenges don't hit you the same, you know, but so, so what I, I'm, I'm equating that essentially to say, if we can start to see relationship with God as being that kind of real and that kind of relevant in our lives, I think it really, it helps kind of shield us from the rest of the moments of doubt and question and challenges that never. Well, thank you, because that, that dovetails into my very next question, because oftentimes we kind of see um, our religious faith um, only as a defensive thing that wars off and defends and fights against um, the challenges of life, um, the, the ones who do us wrong, the, the haters, the backstabbers, sin. We always seem to be fighting against something. So tell me then, as a Christian, what are some of the rewards of being a Christian? Peace. He said it. Just being, being able to perform 
God's will over your life. Like at the end, I want to hear well done. I want him to say, you did good playing the keyboard, son, but now it's time for you to come up here and get on my organ. It's time for you to go up here and play my tambourine. You know, uh, I want that. I think that's the reward. Just hearing, just say, well done. Well done. Yeah, I think what Christian said a second ago was basically like my my same statement in a in a simpler, shorter sentence. Um, that you know, to sometimes we got to be humble enough to admit, or even comical enough. I'm not perfect, man. None of us are, you know. And so the idea that my life should be made up only of my decisions. I, like I, my, I already know. This is not good. I already know that there's some things that I want to do that I would do completely on my own. That I don't have the luxury of of the foresight to know that that don't even really lead me. Not not even not even talking about God. Some of my own decisions won't lead me to the life that I want. And God, hey man, say that again. That. <laughs> you know, I said some some of my own decisions will actually lead me away from mm. the life that I even want for myself, mm. separate from even an understanding of God's will or any of that. And I can say that 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 where it really becomes important and, and you know one of the major benefits is is subscribing to somebody who actually can see it ahead of time. Subscribing to somebody who who has put certain things in place to guide you through this thing so you can, as Christian said, live the best version of your life. Um, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's something that I understand a lot more now. That I'm, I'm 32 and I have a son. He's five. And um, before him, I understood this a little bit. But now having, having a kid myself, I really get it because I get, I see the moments when acting out of his five-year-old urges for his limited view of the world, this stuff that he wants to do that he feels that, you know, if he could make it all up himself, he would eat Krabby Patties from, from the, little, the little candy Krabby Patties <laughs> yeah. from CBS five times a day, all day, no other food. All day, every day. <laughs> all day, every day. What he doesn't understand because of his limited view of the world is that if he were to actually do that, all of his teeth would fall out and he would have a horrific stomachache that he would regret. Not not even just because of what I want. He, he don't actually want those things. And so by him deciding to to trust me enough to listen to me, I'm able, he, he benefits because he's able to plug into my knowledge about the world that's greater than his. And it, and it keeps him from from getting to some of those moments that he doesn't want and leads him to some moments that he actually does I'm I'm loving that. I'm loving that. Um one one last thing. Um we're we're coming close to that end of the time. Um but I don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to express maybe a thought um an ideal that maybe we didn't touch on that you think we should have touched on so that you get the opportunity to speak on it. So if we could, we'll start off. Uh, let's see. We've got Christian and then we'll go to Isaiah and uh, come to Josh and then we'll finish up with Micah. You know, give us a thought or ask a question that... um 
you, you think that we need to ask as it relates to what makes you a Christian. Christian. Okay. So. So a thought or a question that relates to what makes us a Christian. Yes. Okay. Something that you think maybe we uh, missed or that you want to elaborate more on or that you would like more information or thoughts about. I think it would be nice to, if it's if it's okay with like just anybody uh, explaining if they don't have an issue with it, um, maybe expressing an event that that pushed them away from being a Christian. Well, <clears throat> I can I can answer that, or or I'll take that one. Um, during my younger years, um, growing up, I lived three houses down from one of Buffalo's most prestigious pastors. And uh, his daughters and sons, we would go out and play on the street, play football, touch, sit on the porch and talk. Pretty much kind of like what Micah was saying. It just didn't seem like they were church folk. But he was. And and their family was just uh, all so nice. And um, during the evening times, we sit on the porch and talk. And um, that's when I wasn't really, you know, into this spiritual thing. And And his daughter's. Um, Darlene and Lucy oftentimes would sit on the porch and they would talk about, you know, this Jesus guy and how good he was. And and I would say, oh, yeah, well, um, if he's so good, why is there people over in Africa with extended stomachs and they dying? And how come there's all these people that's around the world that's hungry? And why are we getting beat with fire hoses and dogs sicked on us and and, and black folks can't find jobs. And, what you know, well, how does all of this work together? And if he's supposed to be so good, why is all this happening? And, and how come he doesn't do something to stop it? And how does he let babies die? And I had all of these questions and all of these concerns that kind of turned me away from um, who God is or to challenge who God was. And so I think what happens is we get to a point where um, life seems to have its own set of rules and regulations and they play on us and we don't really understand the big picture of what God is doing in the world and what God is doing to people and through people. And I think once we begin to um, realize that this life that we live um, must have a purpose. And if I live and die and there is no heaven, I live the righteous life. If I live and don't do well, and cheat, steal, rob, take, 
and die and there is a heaven and I don't make it, that's a travesty. So I think that the, the better answer could be, I think you do what's right to do because it's right to do, but it's also sanctioned by God to do. I don't know if that answers the question or not, but that's my best shot at it. Uh, Isaiah, what do you have for us that you think that we missed or that we could, um, <coughs> that you might want a better understanding or thought on? Anybody like to help him? Sure. Um, I think it's important to to understand that information is not the enemy of God. Um, I think, but it is the enemy of ignorance. And I think, unfortunately, um, in the church, we say a lot of stuff that's not true in the name of God. Um, we have a lot of sort of churchy phrases, cliches, things that we like to throw kind of throughout the whole schools of thought in some cases that are not supported by the Bible at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but I, I think that, I think that in, in my experience, um, I've always been kind of like an advocate to a degree. Like I'm, I'm, I'm that dude that's like, that reads something in the Bible and wants to like go find these other sources that, to make it, make sense <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, you know? yeah and um and most of the time it checks out you know like like jesus for example just just as one simple example because there's, there's a whole lot of that you can go but one simple example jesus jesus existing is a historical fact that's not a matter of faith um that can actually be proven the existence of jesus the part of the world he lived in um around the time that he was born, around the time that he died, there being a, a court case of a community activist or the equivalent of a community activist or sort of a faith-based zealot at the time, all of that is historically accurate, faith completely aside. Um, you know, and so like when you, when you start kind of getting into that, it doesn't have to be that, that information can disprove your faith, but rather, you know, just go into it with the mind that, that God is not afraid of your test and, and go get your information. And when you do it though, you're probably going to find that some of the things that folks have said to you over the years, 
you know, all the little phrases we have, not all of those are true. Um, but I think that as you can start to really just get in the word, man, just, just get, in, get in the word and, and study and really read it, read different translations, read follow-ups, read articles, and, and gather enough information that you can prove God is real, both from a spiritual sense and, um, you know, without it having to be totally blind. Good answer. Good answer. Josh, what do you got for us that you want to leave us with? Um, well, just real quick, I, I, I personally feel like, um, I just feel like that there should be more teaching about the wrath of God. You know, we everyone loves to preach about his grace, his mercy. You know, uh, all great and wonderful things that that He will bless you with, and that He will help you through. You know, but at some point, I feel like you still need to. I'm not saying that you should uh, preach it to scare people. You know, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that that's a really important part of it. You know, that's like when people pick and choose what they want to preach about out of the Bible. Preach about, you know, preach the entirety of the Bible if you're going to, you know, be a minister. Um, other than that, um, I really don't have a lot that I want to say. Uh, that's, oh, I do want to give a, uh, a little side note. A happy birthday to uh, my daughter, Gabby. Today's her birthday. Aww. And tomorrow is my other daughter, Ashanti's birthday. So I'm giving everybody a birthday shout out while I'm right here. And uh, one other quick little plug. Appreciate that. Another little quick little plug before we go. <laughs> uh, my wife uh, got her business and everything set up and all that. So be on the lookout for Eminem Boutique and accessories. Uh, you can go to EminemBoutique.com and check out stuff. She has clothing for kids, all type of stuff. Just check it out. Appreciate that. And happy birthday to the, to the little ones. All right, so what do you got for us there, Micah? Take us home. Give us your final thoughts on what makes you a Christian. Um, my final thoughts are, are the same as my first ones, just with a slight add-on. I think being a Christian means being a person who believes in the life 